House of Learning podcast produced by A Jesus Church College. Join hosts Richard Tamburo and Molly Inman as they chat with other faculty and guests about church, the Bible, theology, and learning the way of Jesus here in Portland. Today we're continuing with the story of God and we're looking at the next act, which is the fall. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. It's Richard again. Always Richard. Every time. Every time. Get so weird. I'm crazy. No, it's good. I'm, I'm not here every time, but I'm here today. And returning. And I'm Hakeem. I'm an infrequent person as well. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked last time about the first act of the story of God, creation. And if you didn't catch it, just you might want to listen to that one first and you might want to listen to the beginning of the podcast where we talked about the thing you got to listen to before you listen to that podcast, which is we're doing some stuff as a church to not just talk about this, but press into it and <coughs> be allergic to it and sneeze and all sorts of interesting things. So... Yeah, there's some practices, some stuff you should be doing. If you want to catch up to speed, there's a link in the notes to the stuff we got going on uh, with the church. So we should we do a little uh, like here's the quick recap. Sure. Right. So Hakeem's off the hook because he wasn't on the last podcast. Let's go. So this is for your benefit. Uh, what were some of the like top highlights? Give us give us your like top three points from last week where you're like oh yeah that was important um i think the thing that stood out to me most was that we are created with a purpose like we have like work to do and that's an honor and a privilege god trusts us with his creation to bring peace and order and goodness through like our like normal everyday hard work which god considers to be a worshipful act and we are made to be in like a good relationship with creation other humans and and with god and how we might see ourselves as like like dance little puppets dance is not the way that god intended for us whatsoever like he places an incredible amount of trust in us and he like he honors us yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and so I've got like fill in the black because you said all the stuff I would have said so I should have gone first <laughs> I thought I was trying to get like a synopsis in here yeah, I was I trying to say it. everything I, I think the only <laughs> other thing was like and God just shows how awesome he is mm. like he shows off his power his creativity but the twist is like in what you're saying is he's like showing off towards humans especially so they'll get like oh you can trust me mm-hmm. like when I say I'm going to bless you, it's the one who did all this that's saying he's going to bless you or, you know, everything else. So Yeah, huge deal. Yeah, huge deal about like just how cool God is and what it would have been like to be Adam. Do you ever do that? Like, just imagine what it'd be like to be Adam, to encounter reality for the first time. Nuts. It's so fun. Like, <laughs> knowing the culture shock of... Like being like uprooted from like Ireland and Scotland where I grew up and set down in a completely new culture. Never mind being like an adult in a completely new 
like realm of existence and being like name that animal and you're like why do <laughs> like yeah. fuzzy uh, blah. <laughs> <laughs> good name well, and how much was there a learning curve is adam like wandering through the garden with god and he's like hey we're gonna name the animals and adam's like stuffing bark down his ears and god's like no no dude that's not what that's for like, <laughs> i just think there's like a real sign that like since since we're here to talk about the fall today that God was able to trust Adam and Eve to name all the things. And these days people can't be trusted with such yeah. like a normal job. Like, did you guys hear about that uh, like research boat? Oh, Mm-mm. it's so to mind for me too. This is there's the this best. Like, uh, they had this like contest to name this like... Uh, it was like an Arctic exploration Arctic vessel. exploration like uh, research vessel. And they said, like, you can enter a competition and suggest a name. And whichever name gets the most votes will win the competition. And the name that got the most votes was Boaty McBoatface. (laughs) People cannot be trusted. (laughs) (laughs) If there's any sign that we live in a fallen world, is Boaty Mc... Anyway, they they ended up naming it after Sir David Attenborough. So, So, like, if we were like, Ayala, we're going to change Westside's name. Will be Churchy McChurch. Churchy McChurch face. <laughs> but you know what? This is kind of weird to imagine, like to see all the naivety that's possible in Adam and mm. Eve. But actually, I think it's something that's interesting about the story mm. because they are in this voyage of discovery. And yet we get to chapter three. And so you've got this weird serpent, right, yeah. that's going to speak to Eve. But there's a clear naivety in Eve. And this is like the way the early church fathers told this story was one of like, man, tragedy. Because this crafty creature came and hoodwinked this kind of innocent creature Mm -hmm. in in Eve and then Adam with her. And so, you know, it's... I I just hear so often the story get told as like, yeah, Adam and Eve totally knew exactly what they were doing. They knew what was up and, you know, how things were. And they just like arrogantly, rebelliously, proudly mm. decided like to, to have a a moment where they flipped out and were like, yeah, oh, I know God's good, but stuff you. I'm going to go this way instead, mm. you know, and it's not the way the story's told. Yeah. And there's still pride in there and there's still like humankind's got loads of issues. But it's just interesting, actually, to inhabit Adam and Eve's innocence and the fact that you know they haven't taken from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil yet so they're still in this posture of like whenever we want to know whether something's good or bad or what's right and wrong we just ask god Hmm. and so they're just really open-handed about their sort of moral and prudential sort of practical posture towards the world um and like they know some stuff, you know, God's taught them mm. a load of stuff and, and, and some of what God commissions and says to them, you know, is is profound, but it definitely sets them on a trajectory of discovery. Yeah, I'm really intrigued by like God's generosity in this story. And kind of two parts. His generosity in one and then B, his limitations that he sets is always for they're, they're always for our good, for humans' good, right? So he goes, you can eat of every tree in this garden, every tree except this one. And if you do, 
eat of this one. It won't be good for you. So I'm actually looking at this story as like, man, it's not God setting these two humans up for failure. It's actually God setting them up for success in the best way possible. Now, the story changes trajectory, of course, but that understanding that paradigm shift helped shape how I viewed God in, in some form or fashion. Because I would just ask the question, like, why would you put the tree there knowing that they would disobey? And that's not, that's not the point. Yeah. And I think it's one of those ones where because we are fallen and we are who we are, do you know what it's like whenever someone's like, you can do anything you want, but just not this thing. And we think, I want to do that thing. Do you know, <laughs> I really like, I want to do that thing. Yeah. But that's not, that, that wasn't their nature. Mm. And it took someone to be like, yeah, but this thing, this thing though, that thing's the good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To, to trick them. It wasn't like they had a rebellious spirit. And yeah. I'm just like, that, that changes everything. It's not like I know better than you. Although there's there's sprinkles of that, there's flavors of that in there for sure. Mm-hmm. But like we can be victims of this story and perpetrators of this story yeah. at once. And it's kind of one of those things where like you can completely see that like they were naive to what was going on, but they also did the thing. So just because they know not what they do mm-hmm. doesn't mean that it wouldn't be hold, held against them. But it does mean that they completely could be forgiven. Like this isn't like the disaster piece that we often can think that it is. Yeah. Jim, we talked a yeah. lot last time about being made in the image of God. And like that image is like warped mm. and distorted. Like we are created in God's image to represent him, to show like this is who we're about in these parts. This is how we act in these parts. Mm-hmm. And now we don't do that so well anymore, but we can still do it for sure. Like everything is not lost. Yeah. yeah. And th- like that conversation is a part of our modern world, like modern, like understanding distributive justice and social anthropology and political science and things like that. It's like trying to understand the dynamics a bit more of how it is that victimhood, like being a victim of something, can actually lead to complicity in mm. being a perpetrator mm. and how those two weave together in a really complicated way. And throughout lots of human history, we've kind of gone to the either end of the spectrum of just like, well, I want to recognize someone's victimhood and our duty is to rescue, mm-hmm. or I want to uh, recognize someone's complicity and my reflex then is to like shun them, punish them, harm them. Mm. Um, but I love the way that Genesis actually weaves these two together for us and helps us understand the complexity of what the human condition becomes. Yeah. Because it's really easy. I feel like loads of people read the story and they're like, oh yeah, Eden was cool. And like, next frame, next slide goes up and it's like the end of chapter three. So God drove them out and put cherubim with a flaming sword in the way to guard the tree of life. And it was like, oh, so like it was good. And then Adam and Eve were horrible and God was like, get out of here. I don't want to see your face around here again. Mm. You know, just to kind of, the God just turned his back on them, kicks them out and Cut just scene. wants nothing to do. It's like God's walking away, you yeah. know, like dusting his hands off. Like, oh, I've had enough of that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. that's not the story. Not at all. Thankfully. <laughs> what intrigues me even more is we only can go based off of what the text actually states. 
But my, of course, my, not skepticism, but my, what's the word I'm looking for? My, ah, speculation. There it is. All of my, all of my S words. <laughs> my speculation <laughs> is just like, was Eve told directly by God, don't eat of this tree? Or was that like, hey, Adam, like, tell your boo not to eat of this tree. And is that why Adam's being called? Like, yo, where are you? Mm-hmm. Adam, what happened? I'm just curious. What do, you, what do yeah. y'all think? Well, and it's interesting as well because when God has his chats with mm-hmm. the three characters, yeah. the, the serpent, Adam and Eve, mm-hmm. um, Adam gets held responsible in a different way to Eve. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, I, I, which is interesting to pick at. Like, does that show us something about the way it went down? Yeah. But it also shows me something about God, that God's not just like this ham-fisted, justice distributor mm-hmm. who's like yeah but let me tell like but this and she said and he did you know is he like i don't care did you do it yep right then get out mm. but no actually god like the nuance of what happened and different ways people were involved in this god's like completely fair-handed with like mm. meeting people exactly where they interacted with the story mm. which i like because again there's sometimes like the way c- God gets betrayed in this story is just like he turns his back, crosses his arms, and is like implacable mm-hmm. to anything human. Like, he, like, is basically like, you're dead to me. Get mm-hmm. out. You're alienated. Yeah. You know, but actually, God's interaction with them is, is not like that. There's a subtlety to what he says to Adam and Eve. Yeah. And he's very kind. Like, a parent Super. would be like, hey, this campfire is good but we don't touch it because then it's going to hurt us. Mm-hmm. And if the kid touches it, then you're putting the fire out. Or you're going to like make sure that they are kept away from said fire. And like the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is a good thing. And he's like, don't touch it. It's going to be bad for you. And then, well, don't eat, eat from it. And then they eat from it and it's bad. And it's like, well, no, you're sounding like Eve. No, you gotta, <laughs> no, you gotta like stay away from that. And it's not like, that's not a punishment thing. Yeah. That is a protective, caring, like loving Heavenly Father thing. So the idea that, I mean, when I was a kid, like hearing the story of this and how God drove them out of the garden, like I don't know if I knew what a Jeep Wrangler was back then, but that's what I had in my mind. Like <laughs> God's got the two kids in the back. You kids, yeah. like we're, we're going home. Yeah. I'm going to turn this Jeep around. <laughs> and like he drove them out. Like, and it was probably something that looked quite a lot like Lorelai Gilmore's Jeep Wrangler, if you're familiar with Gilmore Girls, if you're as familiar with Gilmore Girls as I currently am. It was pretty much her Jeep Wrangler. Got Adam and Eve in the back, get out. But it's just like, that's that's not how it goes. And I think that we have this like concept of like God good. Mm-hmm. People dirty, filthy, rotten sinners. The separation of God and people that has to happen because we are scum. And then Jesus needs to bridge that gap with the cross. And you're like, that's because we are dirt. Mm. We, we came from dirt and now, guess what? We're back to being dirt. But that makes us sound like we are God's enemies. Mm. And when you read what it says, it's not our heads that are getting crushed. Like, yes, there are consequences for the way that people interact with God and other people and creation. Mm -hmm. But it's the serpent's head that gets crushed 
and then there are consequences that happen to humans because of what happened. But it is very, very, very clear mm. who God's enemy is, and it's not people. Yeah. It's it's the enemy. And there's these different forms of justice, like different theories of what punishment is for, what justice is. Like one of them is um, you just got to like get what needs punishing out of here. So like lock them away for the rest of their life. Like, I can't remember the word for it now. I'm a philosopher. I really ought to remember this stuff. Um, but then another form of justice is like restorative justice. Mm -hmm. And it is this like, to the serpent is like, you're going down, dude. Yeah. But to Adam and Eve is like, you're down. I'm going to pick you back up though. Yeah. And so it is like really different tone. Should, yeah. should we talk a bit about like what Adam and Eve do? Mm -hmm. Because this teaches us something about us we live on this side of the fall so we learned a bit about ourselves and god last week yeah. so first thing they do is they realize something about themselves that they're naked mm -hmm. and they try to do something about what they now see as an issue a problem because they are completely vulnerable and they don't feel safe being completely vulnerable so they're gonna sew together fig leaves and cover themselves up mm. now this was a terrible idea um, I, this isn't just like itchy undergarments. Like fig leaves have got an enzyme in that can lead to these like horrific welts. So like I don't know how long God left them before he like came and chatted to them. But like, yeah, Adam could well have like painful boils on his dingling by now. <laughs> so this is like, they are not happy dudes. <laughs> they are not happy dudes. So they, they... They try to do, like, so the impulse within them of, like, I want to do something about what I perceive as being wrong, like, there's something good in that, but they don't feel safe, but mm. before they were safe. So it's yeah. like, like, something is off with their perception of whether they're safe or not. Mm -hmm. But then if you don't feel safe to try and do something about it, good thing. But the way you've gone about it, bad thing. And then God comes along and you're like, oh, I wonder what he's going to say. We'll get to that. That's, yeah. that's the next bit, next question. And they hide. Yeah. So that's like, I mean, that's a weird thing. We've all been there, right? We've all had moments where we've been like, we've got the jerk hangover. Like we've, we've seen, we've done something terrible. And we're like, maybe I can like hide under the duvet. Like mm -hmm. I'll just not pray this evening. I'll just go to bed and God won't notice me. Mm He'll -hmm. definitely forget about it. Yeah. Like we just, <laughs> we tell ourselves this same sort of thing, but like, no, like yeah. God, God sees, he knows he's interested in it. He's, you know, he's interested in you every moment. So yeah, like the very idea that they could hide again is their naivety and a, a bit with a bit of stupidity. Hmm. But then it just shows something's gone wrong and like God shows off. I'm powerful. You can trust me. I care for you. And then they're like, oh, it's gone wrong. We've got to do something about this. So they've, they're given like two tests. The first test is like, hey, good and evil. Leave it to me. Like I've got a source for that. You can trust me for that. Mm -hmm. Like don't take don't take it into your own hands. That's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mm -hmm. And then like the next test is like so it's gone wrong. I've I've communicated so much to you. You can trust me. So when it goes wrong, what are you gonna do? Oh, man. Like and this, there is this like there's something good in like man. God trusted us. He trusted us, and we've blown it. Like to 
like for there to be a tension that they're grappling with you know they're not just like oh yeah i'm sure god will be fine with it who cares doesn't matter like no they know it matters that's Mm -hmm. a good thing yeah but in that moment they're like oh man because we've blown it like we can't now go and trust this back to god we gotta like deal with it ourselves Mm. and so i mean this has just got us ruin all over it like i'm seeing myself reflected in this story so much so but then the the challenging then bit is like if those are the only truths we tell over ourselves and we don't get the rest of the story right it'd be really easy to like i don't know maybe you lose your temper with someone on monday and so then you're like okay how do I feel? How do I relate to Tuesday when I'm going to see him again? Like, what's my posture to be like, yeah, well, that's who I am. I'm probably just going to try and sort it out myself. It's on me. I should feel bad for this. I should feel ashamed. I should beat myself up for this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's just what being a human after the fall is all about. Mm. You know? Yeah. You see death, you know, when God is like, like the day you eat of this tree, you'll die. Like, you'll surely die, which means you'll die, die. Like, in, in, in Hebrew, it was like super emphasis. And I'm like, okay, how does that actually work out? But what what I've noticed is there's a, a, a sliver of death that happens between Adam and Eve. Yeah. Like, death isn't all about, you know, us no longer having breath in our lungs and now being in a grave. But death is, is also a fracturing of what has been life and life-giving. And the intent for Adam and Eve was for them to edify and build up one another, to to live out this call that God put on humanity. And when they actually take fruit and they eat, there's a fracturing, there's a, a sliver of death that comes in. Now it's about finger pointing. Mm. God, as a matter of fact, this is actually kind of your fault because you gave me this woman. Then the woman's like, hold on, wait a minute. Uh, it's this snake. It's all the finger pointing. And there's, I'm not trying to say that the snake and the woman needed to have this best relationship. That's irrelevant. My point is there's there's fractures within the human story from the jump. And I think, yeah, those are just the ramifications of yeah. death entering into the story. So God turns up. Yeah. And I love this because this says so much about God. Mm. Like God knows everything absolutely everything everywhere everywhere like he knows the answer to every question so when god says where are you mm-hmm. it's like what's really going on mm-hmm. like why does god shout out where are you like i mean this is kind of like if you imagine you've got like a two-year-old or three-year-old that's being really naughty in the hide behind the couch and you you know like you can see that or like you can see their feet behind the curtains like i know where you are <laughs> right you can go pull the curtain back, and if it was me, if I, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. You burn the house down, like yeah. whatever Not it is, curtain. right? <laughs> but when you call out, like, where are you? Like that says, I'm more interested in you than the problem you've caused. It's an invitation, right? and an, like your first opportunity to decide. I thought that was the way for me to go. Turns out it's not. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go back again, and like Adam. In this, it's like, where are you? And he just like straight up folds. Mm-hmm. He's like, I heard you coming, and like, I don't wear any clothes, so I hit. 
mm-hmm. and like he just folds. Yeah. So, <laughs> like you can see them. They don't. Y- y- we can do like yes, there's the finger pointing thing, mm. but you can see that they're trying to get to the bottom of what happened, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Well, I hid because I was scared of you." And it's like, "Well, who told you you were naked?" And did you did you did you do that tree thing? <laughs> and it's like, she tells me to do it. Mm. Be like, oh, did she? What did you do? But like the snake told me to do it. And there's like a bit of it that's like not me, but that that dude. But there's a bit of it that they are just trying to figure out what mm. went on. They're not being like quick, like he's coming this way. Let's go and hide over there this time mm, and yeah. avoid him. They do fold. Yeah, yeah. There's like they fold, but in an imperfect way. Yeah, right? yeah. It's, yeah. Like it's like they're repenting they're ha- they're really ta- They've taken weird. from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, so they've stepped into this realm of, like, morality, responsibility, justice, right, wrong. Like, we're going to take the controls ourselves of figuring this out by ourselves. And yet, here they are. They like they can spot responsibility in each other. Like, mm. he should have, he should have, she should have. But they can't see it in themselves. So it's like this, they're self-deceived. Mm. You know, like... They see some of the problem, but not all the problem. So their naivety mm-hmm. is still playing out. Yeah. Of like, that they they don't understand what's going on. I mean, some people read this as like, um, you know, Adam knew full well and he was just trying to fool God. Mm. It seems a little unlikely, but he was doing some stupid stuff anyway. But then the way God interacts with them to sort of explain what's really going on, it does seem like, Adam was just like a few spanners short of a tool set mm. in mm. grasping exactly what the deal was. Yeah, and what is intriguing to me about this is now I'm getting jazzed. Like God's character is so on on par, like it's just on point here. And he starts off just with questions: Where are you? Who told you you were naked? Did you eat of the tree? Hey, what is this that you've done? He doesn't start making like these firm, firm statements until he starts talking to the serpent where he's like, oh, well, well look here, buddy, uh, because you've done this cursed and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, he's the constant invitation to pulling the humans back in, even though the natural tendency for humanity is to always retreat when God is approaching. Right. But God is approaching with and maybe this is just my own reading, but I see his character of compassion and grace and all of that and mercy and slowness to anger all in this. And that's not to try to, 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 to get rid of Exodus, you know, 34, seven, where it's talking about judgment and not, yeah. not, not leaving the guilty unpunished and all of that stuff. Like he's getting there, but you see that compassion and grace on full display. And it took me so long to come to this conclusion of like, God has always been consistent no matter yeah. what type of humans and when he was dealing with them. That's so key. It's like, this is the father. Mm. He he didn't like turn around last Tuesday when you blew it on Monday mm. and be like, yeah, I've changed. <laughs> right? So <laughs> when we've when we've got that hangover because we blew it, yeah. you know, like you lost your rag with your kid or your friend or your wife or a coworker or whatever it is. By the way, I haven't lost my temper with anyone today. Just say, it's like, Good oh. job. yeah, Good job. people are like, hmm. Is Richard having a really bad time with everyone? It's like this example keeps coming up. (laughs) (laughs) He actually just hasn't spoken to anyone except us today. (laughs) But uh, like in those moments, it's really easy. It's it's so easy. Like this text, this 
this truth of like how the story plays out is this is humanity's story on display. Mm. I should realize like, yeah, I probably am like going to cover it up or hide or like, but when I do that, I'm just so naive. You know, it's like if your three-year-old sets fire to the kitchen and they just like, oh, I'll fix it. I'll shut the door. You know, it's like I'm, if I just try, if I realize, oh, I've sinned, like in that moment, like it's so easy for me to tell myself the storyline now is I got to put it right because God's got his back to me until I put it right. Mm. I'm like, no, this storyline is really freeing to realize that in that moment, even when I want to hide under the duvet, God's going to come and be like, Richard, dude, where you at? What's up? What what you doing? And as I wrestle with like, oh, I made a stinker, God's going to be like, yeah, and you don't even understand, Mm. but I'm going to help you. Mm. Like, I'm going to walk you through it. You can help you understand what's going on here. You know, so it's it's like a double whammy of like, well, Mm. one, why would I sort of, I don't know, cut myself off from God's love or like place myself in his displeasure? Mm. And God is displeased about sin. But we've got a version of displeasure, which is like, oh, God's my enemy and my accuser. Like, Mm. that's a there's a non-true version of how God is dis- expresses his displeasure. He expresses it by dealing with the problem. Mm. But then also, like, we sit in our self-deception. And so, yeah. like, the invitation in the story here, if, like, okay, if the fool's got something to do with the story I live in, like, you know, I don't know. It's like I'm just imagining the stereotypical like street preacher, like they walk over and jab their finger in my chest, and they're not all like this, but they're like, "You're a sinner," and like trying to make me feel like God don't care about me. But if I listen to Him and go to His church and pray, then God might start caring about me. Mm. But actually, when someone jabs a finger in my chest and says, "You're a sinner," like this story says, "Therefore, run to God." Mm. Come on, right? Yeah, and I think like what you were saying a second ago by Exodus thirty four, like there's loads of loads of parallels between like Genesis three and kind of like Exodus thirty two through thirty four, where like things had barely gotten off the ground mm-hmm. before everything went bad. Like a couple of weeks ago, I was teaching the kids about the golden calf episode the baby cow statue mm-hmm. i was now i overheard this this yeah. was awesome i wish i could have recorded it and you're just you like on fire this is <laughs> it was such good story and like telling. moses goes up the mountain and then he comes down the mountain he's like don't touch the mountain and they're all like terrified so they're like deal mm-hmm. and like he's up there getting all the instructions so that it's going to be possible for god to dwell among his people like it was in the garden for the first time in like Mm-hmm. Hundreds of years, yeah. and before they even got going, dudes had blown it by like making the baby cow statue out of the earrings, which was hilarious, by the way. <laughs> and then, like, it's like it's like seven shades of bad. It's like you don't yeah. think it can get any worse, and then you're like, oh no, no, what have you done now? And like <laughs> making it out of the earrings that they got given by the Egyptians because the Egyptians knew that God was right and the gods of Egypt were wrong and then you turn it into like the baby cow statue and then there's like a reason why you don't make images and say that these are Yahweh because Mm. Yahweh has been busy making images of himself since Mm. Adam and Eve. We don't need said images. 
And then it's just like, my dudes, what were you thinking? And God is God is not happy, but that's where like he goes about and like has this like declarative statement about himself that like first and foremost he is gracious and compassionate and slow to anger and rich in faithful love and he maintains that to thousands of generations but he's not here to be messed with mm-hmm. so so therefore like don't and I think that like little bit in like bringing the consequences of like father's wrongdoings on his children to the third and fourth generation is something that really like scares people that yeah. and seems inconsistent because God does say I'm not going to blame a dude for their parents' sin I'm not going to blame a parent for the kid's sin but this kind of looks like he's saying the opposite yeah, yeah like, we, we read it analytically instead of like these are sort of catchphrases that yeah. are supposed to make a point <laughs> making the point that yeah. there are negative consequences to negative actions and if you think that you can do negative actions and not experience the Mm. negative consequences and cause those negative consequences to affect the people around you you are kidding yourself and like that's what we see here that and back in genesis 3 that like the the snake is the enemy and he will be defeated here are the consequences you're going to have to live with Mm. while i restore you and god loves his his people and he blesses his people by already having a way that he's going to fix a special thing that god and people had going on in the garden and we're not his enemies we're the ones that he's going to rescue and i think that when we have that mentality that like god hates me because i did x y or z like there is one deceiver Mm. and like it when we think that it's that moment where we need to reject the lies that Satan is feeding us, that there there is a spiritual being who hates us, and it is Satan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's a spiritual being that loves us, and that is Yahweh. And those two beings are at war, and we, oh my gosh, as like these lesser, lesser beings have somehow found ourselves caught up in the middle of this, and we are out of our depths. Yeah. <laughs> but we have someone that we can rely on. Yeah. yeah. So why would we listen to that scumbag? Yeah. And we'll we get into l- that so much in the next act, won't yes, we? Yes, yes, sorry, you I'm know? getting far too excited. But, but it is like, it's really easy to like feel like I live in a story, and and whether you... If you're not a Christian, sometimes they, you know, people who don't know Jesus yet get told this story, which mm-hmm. is like is a bad thing. But even as Christians, especially if we've blown it, we we can feel like we live in this story mm-hmm. that's like, oh yeah, so it's God versus me and Satan. Mm. Like God's my enemy, mm-hmm. and like n- nowhere in here does God say to Adam and Eve, "I'm your enemy." Now He is gonna be like, "Hey, this is a mess." And like this isn't this isn't right anymore, and so we're not going to perpetuate this. Which is why he's like, "All right, you got to leave Eden. You got to get a step away from the tree of life, dude. Like we are not carrying on this way." But that's the next act. We'll yeah. get to like the plan. But yeah, I I mean even the simple thing. I like I hear so many times people like talking about God's story, talking about Genesis, and be like, "Oh yeah, when God cursed Adam and Eve." Like, really? Does it say that? Mm. No, two things get cursed, the serpent and the ground. Mm -hmm. Like what God says to Eve is like, hey, and this is really interesting. Bearing children is going to be painful now. So what's he saying? More painful now. More painful now. It was going to be painful anyway. Multiply, yeah. So, but bearing children, that's the be fruitful and multiply commission. So he's reaffirming like you're still 
called to do the thing I called you to do. You're still mine. You're still my image bearer. But now it's going to be more painful. And your relationship with your husband, this partner, something's going to go funky about it. Hmm. Uh, to Adam, like the, the ground is cursed. So you're still supposed to like have dominion, subdue, rule. You're still my image bearer. You're still like, so there's affirmation. Like these words don't make any sense if God's like, yeah, I've rescinded, I've rescinded my commission. I don't want you to bear my image. I don't want you to go do stuff I called you to do anymore. Hmm. Like this only makes sense if they're locked in on like that. There's still, I'm still who you say I am, but like now the ground's going to fight back. It's hmm. going to be painful. It's going to be frustrating. It's going to be hard work. Hmm. And so, and that's really interesting because seeing what God says to Adam and Eve helps me sit in the in-between of like, well, I understand the blueprint God laid out in Genesis 1 and 2 in the garden, but that's not my experience. Hmm. And then like, and I understand the end of the story, which we'll get to in a, quite a while, a few podcast time, <laughs> of like the restoration of everything. And you've got like the lion lays down with the lamb and all this imagery of like, it's not hard anymore. The tension's gone. Hmm. And like here I sit in the middle and I'm like, yeah, am I just on the wrong side? Like, no, like God still says like, man, I've created you to be my image bearer, but sin is a hot mess of creating pain and tension and frustration, which means it's going to be hard to be an image bearer. And it's almost like going to be, I mean, we've got these verses of like, you know, the intent of all of man's heart was evil of just like how this corruption is so insidious, gets in everywhere it's like it almost seems doomed to failure, you know. And it would be really easy if we didn't have... Man, I like. I think about... There's a time when... I, I don't know. I, I'm sure God was like speaking to people what they needed to hear. But if we just take what we've got of what God said that's recorded in Scripture, we can imagine like you get a few chapters in, but you don't know the rest of the story yet. And you'd be like, is this just not going to work now? But thankfully, we live like far enough into the story that we got like loads of scripture. Jesus has come. That showed us a ton of stuff. We'll get to that about uh, why hundreds of pages doesn't left. feel like it's doomed to failure. Yeah. But that's, I mean, God knows. Like, God's not going to like throw, you know, throw resources down a, you know, something that's not going to work. Hmm. Like, I can't even think what the metaphor is there. But, yeah. you know, like he's not going to say to Adam and Eve, like, Oh yeah, keep trying. <laughs> it's not going to work, man. Like that's not God. Mm. So like even as he's interacting with them here, and and the thing he says about the serpent, like serpent's cursed, and just so you know, you're going to get crushed. I'm going to win this. Going to destroy. Like you. I, the thing you're doing, trying to tear humanity apart, I'm going to kill it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's just like this interesting mixture of like, okay, so I live in this story. So who's God to me? Who am I in this story? Am I the bad guy? Well, yeah, like the badness has got in me. I'm like, I know it's like a zombie movie. Mm. Like I keep touching things and turning people into zombies, but I really don't want to be a zombie. Mm. And God's like, dude, zombiness is not what I have for you. It's not, mm. what, it's not my plan for you. And I've got a plan to deal with it. You know, meanwhile, there's all this horrible stuff kicking off. Mm. But... I mean, it's a complicated place to sit. It's like, it's much simpler to sit in the story and just be like, yeah, sin doesn't matter. You know, you're just a victim, but God loves you. God loves everyone. It's all going to be fine. Hmm. 
And it's much simpler to sit in a story that's like, yeah, God hates hates sin, hates you, God's against you. But if you turn to Jesus, you know, he might give you a get out of jail card and then maybe one day it'll be okay. Yeah. But we sit in this more complicated story and it's like, it's maddening because you feel sometimes like, yeah, flip between those two extremes. It's really hard, like in the hard places of like when you're trying to move forward in hope or when you're trying to deal with the fact that you just shouted at someone, hmm. like to actually keep all of the story on the table, you know? Yeah. And I don't, I don't want to jump far ahead, but I just got to get these two thoughts out. <laughs> I got to get it out real quick. One is, you alluded to it, God doesn't leave humanity in this predicament. And we look at his guarding, his sending the, the, the spiritual beings to guard the way the, to the tree of life as like, oh, like everything's just banished. And now it's all going to hell in a handbasket. And it's just like, no, he's protecting humanity from remaining in this really just disobedient status of like, now we're, we're imploded by this, like our, our own seeking for good and bad on our own terms. Now we're just, we're just stuck in this predicament. He's like, no, like I'm, I'm going to rectify this. I'm just protecting you from being like this for all of eternity. But also a second thought is, I want to jump ahead, but here it is. Um, we it. actually talked about I don't want to jump ahead, but I'm just going to jump ahead. It is what it is. <laughs> That's right. I already jumped ahead a bit. So look, 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 the it's cat's just, out of the bag. We, we were in cohort, me and Crixie, just for you guys. Um, this was our first year, and it was, I think I mentioned it in class, where there was a moment where Eve ate of the fruit and Adam didn't. I'm going somewhere with this. You remember this? Yeah. It's Michael Morales' book, something yeah. like that. But there's a moment, and I'm like, what would have happened? If Adam was just like, nah, like, could he have done something to help rectify the situation? And all of that to say, like, if I'm looking kind of forward, I see you got the bride of Christ, like the church. We've we've chosen to go on our own terms, defining what's good and bad in a, in a former sense. And Jesus chooses just to obey completely to the mm-hmm. father in that direction and saying, OK, I'm going to do everything that my father has commissioned. I'm going to stay completely obedient so that I could put. What was te- so I could put sin back on a tree, mm-hmm. where it, like, anyways, there's just this reversal effect yeah, where the that. second Adam is like knocking it out the park. It makes me think of Romans five ten and like Jesus being the new Adam, yeah, and doing what Adam didn't. Yeah, it, it's like the Garden of Gethsemane, right? All right, this is my last point. I'm gonna shut up. <laughs> the Garden of, of Gethsemane. <laughs> oh, no, shut up. We That's can good. get it. We can get into all the questions of like, well, could Jesus have chosen not to go to the cross and all that stuff? Different conversation, but there is a moment where he's going, hmm, I don't want to do this. Yeah. This is like a tree moment. I'm either going to choose, like, to go with my own will on this, and is there two will, whatever. But, like, or I'm going to choose to remain in what the Father says is good for the rest of humanity, for my people, and he chooses what is right. Like, I just see this parallel here. Maybe I'm theologizing it too much, but that seems pretty dope to me. Well, <laughs> if you're theologizing it too much, you stand in a rich tradition of many, many church fathers who... And welcome to rabbinic yes. traditionism. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just and and you know what? It's, there is this interesting, like, like, Crooksie, you were really good at emphasizing, like, man... Like this sin, the disobedience and stuff, like there's bad consequences. But I love the little twist we get where it's like, you know, they've tried to deal with it themselves in a horrific way. And God's like, all right, 
you know, again, it's like the storyline when we see and is God like, now you will suffer. You know, it's like Darth Sidious or something. And God's like, yeah, he does say it's going to be hard. It's going to be pain. It's going to be stuff. But I'm not doing that to you. Mm-hmm. That's That pain is going to come from the fact that you're living the wrong way in a broken world mm-hmm. now. And though you were always supposed to be outside of Eden, but just something now has, has gone wrong with mm-hmm. how, you do, how you are out of Eden. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like, <laughs> I mean, if I was Adam and Eve, uh, just the fact that we're physically embodied you know, having fig leaves on my dingling, that's going to be getting my attention. So in the here and now mm-hmm. of like the thing that's most immediate to me, God is like, get the fig leaves off. I'm going to make you some clothes out of mm-hmm. some animal skins. Mm-hmm. So even though he says it's like hard, God's strategy here is not like I'm going to multiply every kind of suffering I can, seven shades of it till you get it. Yeah. I'll make you feel as bad as I can make you feel. Like, no. Mm-hmm. Like right off the back of making him feel bad, he's like, but let me help you, mm. right? And that's, again, like so many people have got this storyline in their head of like, yeah, God just wants to hurt you. And that's that's God's only posture mm. until you are like completely repentant or mm. something. And... Adam and Eve haven't haven't responded, haven't said anything. Like, there's no conditions on what God does here. He just helps them out. Mm. He's like, I gotta, I gotta do something to help make this more. As you do now, this hard, broken thing, let me do something to make it a bit easier for you. You can consider this. Can't you consider this like uh, an atonement? It's like you're covering it. People with animals, like the animal had to die, or or animals, whatever. It's just like. God, there's a very subtle detail in it. It is. It definitely, it's, there's a theme yeah. here through to sacrifice, through, yeah, to loads of stuff. Mm-hmm. All the covering of the skins on the temple. Look at you. Come on. Yeah, it's yeah. all in there. <laughs> Just keep reading your Bible and you're like, ooh, join the dots. Yeah. All right. I think we're out of time. There's so much to talk about here, but hopefully that has got your thoughts stirred up a little bit got the juices flowing and uh yeah we're looking forward to the next installment yeah next time when we talk about how god already had a plan for how he was gonna fix and he kicked it off and it was gonna happen at his pace yes i think sometimes we have this thing where because we know the end of the story we don't actually like really feel that thing and uh I had this dream the other night where, like, I, c- I completely lost all my memories. Mm. And the thing that, like, I was in the hospital, and the thing that I wanted Jamie, like, my wife Jamie, to do for me was, like, start at Genesis 1 and start reading so I could experience the story without knowing anything else about the story. Mm. Yeah. Which maybe is just, like, some like, kind of, like, inner desire for me to be like i would love to have experienced this thing but we we do know how it works but like like something you were saying a minute ago richard reminded me of this where like have you ever done a thing where you know something has happened and the consequences of it haven't really hit yet but you know they're going to like i i haven't had an antibody test but i'm pretty sure i had covid like last february when before we really knew much about it Like one night I had this fever dream and like in the dream, like I woke up, I was in my own bedroom 
the light was on. Jimmy was lying in the bed beside me, but the light was on. And I realized in that moment that that night I was going to die and there was nothing I could do about it. And I, like, obviously I freaked out and, like, sat up and, like, was like, what can I do, what can I do, what can I do? And I hadn't died yet, but I knew I was going to and I knew there was nothing that I could do about it. I was completely powerless to fix it. But eventually I just lay down and was like, I don't know what to do. And then it hit me in another wave, like, you're going to die tonight. Like, sat up again, like, couldn't, didn't know what to do. And eventually I just, like, lay down and accepted, like, came to terms with my own mortality, that, like, that was the night that I was going to die and I didn't want to wake Jamie up and freak her out about it. And it was just a fever hallucination, which is good. But, like, sitting in that tension of, I know that this is this has gone bad, really bad. Mm. I know there's going to be something that happens in the end, but I am powerless to, like, really fix this. I can, I can, like, choose in every given moment to turn back to Yahweh and, like, do what is right and respond to wrong with right and, like, replace evil with holiness and keep making that decision. But I am powerless to, like, fix the big fix. Like, that that people actually live in the story would have felt is terrifying yes. to me. And there's part of me that like kind of wishes like I could experience it so I could know what it's like to feel powerless in some ways because then you're going to know that you need to completely rely on Yahweh and his goodness mm. instead of like the little ways that we can like abuse grace yeah. as, as freely as we can so next time next time we're going to be thinking about when how long oh lord yeah. will the wicked get away yeah. with it and it's going to be fun. but that's the complexity of the story isn't it sometimes people will be like oh, okay we talked about the fall everything's terrible next week good news we get to the good news mm. it's like well actually even in the midst of things going wrong there's still been some good news yep. but we're also left in like if this is good as it gets this could be pants. <laughs> this is just like, yeah, no I, I don't want to sign up for this. So yeah, so we're looking forward. God's got better things. All right, so hold out until then. See you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the House of Learning podcast. This podcast is produced by At Jesus Church College based at Westside At Jesus Church in Portland, Oregon. AJC College trains and mobilizes the next generation of kingdom leaders through an accredited four-year degree in biblical studies with an emphasis on leadership and formation. We combine classroom learning with mentoring and ministry apprenticeship for a third of the cost of traditional college. To find out more, go to ajccollege.org or follow us on Instagram to find out if this is where God could be calling you to explore your calling. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review, subscribe, and share it with someone. And if you have a question you'd like us to chat about, please let us know. You can email us at podcast at ajccollege.org. If you can, send us a 20-second audio recording saying who you are and where you're from, along with your question, and we'd love to include it in a future episode.